You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Bears rediscovered their running game, but that wasn't enough to beat the Los Angeles Chargers in Week 8. Welcome into the Locked On Bears podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and as you might be able to hear by the sound of my voice, a little bit under the weather, but just because the Chicago Bears failed you on Sunday doesn't mean I'm not going to come in here with even more of your daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. Today, we're going to look at some of the key takeaways from Sunday's game, looking at the last second missed field goal and the decision to take a knee right before attempting that field goal, but we'll also look at the resurgence of the Chicago Bears running game and some of the particular failures when it came to the red zone that I think ultimately became the difference in this game. In a loss like this one that ends on a missed field goal as time expires that would have been enough to win the game, but obviously leaves the Bears one point short, I think it's pretty natural for us to look at those last few plays leading up to that final moment, even when in the grand scheme of the game, right, the Bears had plenty of other opportunities to where they could have won the game earlier or built a bigger lead earlier or perhaps negated a Chargers comeback earlier and taken a last-second field goal out of the game. And we'll get into some of those what-ifs in a little bit here. But it is the reality that, They were in that situation. They did have to drive down and attempt a field goal, and Eddie Pinheiro missed it. And I think we've come a long way from Cody Parkey last year in terms of no one seems to be getting the pitchforks out right away for Eddie Pinheiro. I think there's a certain amount of patience that he has earned because he hits three field goals in this game and has hit a game-winning field goal earlier in this season. I think... We can, for now, live with a missed field goal from Eddie Pinheiro, especially because all of the scrutiny is going on Matt Nagy for what happened on the play before the field goal attempt. On that final drive, the Bears started with a minute 33 left at their own 35-yard line. Mitchell Trubisky completes a nice pass to Taylor Gabriel, then another pass to Allen Robinson, then they hand the ball off, then Trubisky scrambles, and gets the Bears the ball at the 21-yard line, an 11-yard scramble with 43 seconds left in the game. At that point, Matt Nagy calls a victory formation quarterback kneel for Trubisky to lose a yard, draw the the clock down to four seconds, call the timeout, and attempt the game-winning field goal. And of course, because Pinero misses, everyone wonders... Well, should the Bears have just taken a knee there? It was first and 10, more than 40 seconds. You had a timeout. Should the Bears have not tried to get a little bit closer? A quick handoff, even a, a maybe even a quick throw, but at the very least with your running game going, wouldn't a handoff have been a potentially closer field goal rather than the 41-yard attempt that Pinero did end up missing? Well, Matt Nagy doesn't have any regrets about his decision. 
Can you walk us through your thought process on taking the knee before the last? Yeah, I mean that's. I'm not even going to get into that. That's. I have zero thought of of uh, running the ball and ha- taking an op- the chance of fumbling the football or you know they know you're running the football so you lose three four yards so that's uh, that wasn't even in the in our process as coaches to think about that. Um, you know we 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 were in field goal range before the scramble and then we got the scramble so that's that's that didn't even cross my mind. No thought of throwing it there either. Throw the football. Yeah. I mean, just to try to get a little closer. Um, <laughs> throw the football right then and there. What happens if you take a sack or there's a fumble? You lose the game. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So, no, there was zero thought of that. That's the. I'll just be brutally clear. Zero thought of throwing the football. Zero thought of running the football. You understand me? That's exactly what it was. So it's as simple as that. Is that a reflection? Of, I mean, is that? It almost sounds like a lack of faith in your in your offense. Or your... <laughs> no, no, there's no lack. Of, I have a lot of our, our run game right now. Um, today they stepped up, and and so what you guys are getting at right now is the what ifs, which is fine. I, I get it. You have to do that. It's your job. But we ran the ball well today. You know, we did. We I think you guys would all agree that from what you all have seen the first six weeks of the year, we we were better. So if you're asking me in that situation, because of that, once you run the ball again, I'm telling you, no, that outweighs the risk. of If there's a fumble in that play, or that's the biggest risk, right? Because when you QB kneel it, there, you lose a yard or two, which we did. But when you, when you hand the ball off and then you know you're running, that, that has, we're, talking, we're wasting our time right now talking about that. So. To me, I thought Matt Nagy's justification attempt there just made the whole thing worse. Right. That first of all, if if the field goal kick goes in, I don't know that we're dissecting the decision to take a knee there this specifically anyway. So this is partially based on the results only. But I really didn't like the answer that, well, if we had handed the ball off, we could have fumbled or we could have lost more yards and that would have been even more problematic. That is very true, but it does seem to me to signal that you are so worried about fumbling the ball And it does seem to me to show somewhat of a lack of trust in that moment. I'm not saying overall he doesn't trust the running game. And I think he did a good job of trying to sort of deflect and distract and sort of change the topic in his answer to that question. Because I I think he kind of took it in a different direction than the question was actually being asked. And that in that moment, he clearly thought handing the ball off was not a safe enough decision compared to taking that knee, which would indicate that he was worried about David Montgomery or whoever in the backfield potentially fumbling, even though I suppose there's a chance of a fumble on a QB kneel as well. It just seems like that answer is not very satisfying. Like, I don't think taking a knee there was the difference between making and missing it, that if they had handed the ball off and gained two or three yards, does Eddie Pinero hit that field goal from 38 instead of 41? We'll never know, but to me, it's it's not a great answer from Matt Nagy. It makes it feel like, you know, he's, it does sound like not enough faith in his guys for one play, for one handoff. I mean, I don't know. Other than a fumble, it could not have been worse for the offense than the kneel. It wasn't about the yards necessarily. To me, it was only the risk of a fumble. I know David Montgomery fumbled last week, but the running game was rolling just fine. The offensive line was blocking it just fine, and... Got to say, I do not agree with Matt Nagy and especially did not feel good about his explanation for the kneel. At the very least, the rediscovered running game provided a little bit of a boost for the offense and kind of brought some energy back on that side of the ball. 
If you find yourself needing something similar in your own life, then you should check out our friends at BlueChew.com. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And because they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, it's not just for guys who can perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance. Now, Blue Chew is prescribed online, and it ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So there's no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. You just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Of course, a lot went wrong in the Bears' loss to the Chargers, but the big positive takeaway, of course, is that running game back in action to the tune of the career performance so far for David Montgomery. 27 carries for 135 yards and a touchdown, a cool 5-yard per carry average, helped in large part to the 55-yard breakaway run that really kind of was the cherry on top of a strong day of commitment to the Bears running game. You're looking at 38 rush attempts, including Trubisky's scramble, so I guess if you want to do handoffs to ball carriers, 34 handoffs to 35 pass attempts, but still a much more balanced Chicago Bears offense. And it resulted in an offense that was able to move the ball much, much more consistently in between the 20s. And we'll get to the red zone stuff in a little bit. I think that's sort of a separate discussion when you talk about sort of the resurgence of the Chicago Bears running game. And I thought there were a few different things Matt Nagy did to try and get things going. And I guess, first of all, sort of separate from the things they did differently, it's not as though there was a perfect magic formula that, oh, the Bears just had to do X, Y, and Z, and all of a sudden the running game would work perfectly. No, there wasn't like a magic formula for that. I mean, to some extent, the offensive line blocked better, and the Chargers' run defense is not very good. So they had players out of position a bit more, and it was sort of just... It all kind of added up to a a very strong day of running the football. But there were still some things Matt Nagy did a little bit differently here and there. Minor tweaks to try and get things going that I think had had an impact. Again, it wasn't the whole difference. I think some of it's just the ebbs and flows of football. But, you know, for example, a lot less of the inside zone runs. Still still a, a, a few of them here and there, but much more... A power and outside zone type of runs that, you know, give, it's not so much about going, cutting to the backside. You're still, you can still cut back, but you're not cutting all the way back the way so often the Bears have done with inside zone. So, you know, his longest run of the game was on a power play. A lot of lead blockers, of course, with a little bit more eye formation, some some just offset fullback type action with J.P. Holtz back there. I think that does make a difference. I don't know that it was 
the huge difference because, again, the offensive line blocks better. And from an offensive line standpoint, it doesn't matter where the running back is lined up necessarily or where the fullback is. You're still The offensive line is still blocking exactly the same in terms of the play call. So whatever happened behind them, I don't think made a huge difference in their ability to block, but it may have helped the running back's angles and some of the blocks that he was reading. And, and so I'm not saying it wasn't a factor, but certainly a better offensive line performance was big in this as well. But a great variety in the run concepts. Inside zone, power, straight gap, counter, trap, outside zone, draw, uh, pull lead, like pin and pull options. I mean, really uh, cycling through all of the different play call run concepts that Matt Nagy can go through, you know, from the start. So obviously a commitment early and often. A lot of running on first down in particular. The majority of their runs in this game came on first downs, but they weren't afraid to go to it on third and short in a lot of those situations too, which is also critical. But sticking with it and having that early success certainly got a lot of momentum behind it. David Montgomery individually played one of the best games of his young career, obviously the most productive, but forced a lot of missed tackles. I think PFF had him with five on his 27 carries in this game, and he was able to create quite a bit of yards after contact as well, showing a lot of those same traits that we saw at Iowa State. And a lot of the traits that we had seen in earlier games this season, they just hadn't exactly translated to breakaway runs. And if you look more closely at where exactly those runs hit, a lot of them broke through the line of scrimmage on the interior and particularly to the right side of of the of center. You, just a quick count shows me 19 of his 27 carries were run off of a right side of the offensive line, and very few were actually taken outside of the tackle. So he was able to find a lot of his space on the interior. The Bears were able to get some movement going there and, and just kind of finding that spot for David Montgomery to attack and then really work downhill. You know, I, I think Montgomery deserves a lot of credit. I mean, in in the sense that, you know, they did hand it off to Tariq Cohen a few times and he really wasn't finding a lot of ability or a lot of space to work with and, and have some of the same success that Montgomery did. So I, I really think it's partially a, a nice performance from David Montgomery. It's partially better blocking from the offensive line and it's partially a commitment to it from Matt Nagy and partially some different formation on play calling things. And it all kind of added up to just the right mix to get this Bears running game going. And yet, you compare it to other games this season, and the Bears offense still only puts up 16 points, even though the running game was going. Like, you compare it to last week against the Saints, even though you know everyone complained about 54 pass attempts to seven runs, the Bears put up 25 points last week against the six, the now 6-1 and one, or then 6-1 and one New Orleans Saints, whereas this week the running game gets going, but still only 16 points against a much worse Los Angeles Chargers team. So better running does not always equate to better offense. And certainly there's a lot of factors that go into that. And maybe the biggest one besides the quarterback was just the lack of red zone execution, a a terrible Achilles heel of this Chicago Bears game. And we'll try and figure out what exactly went wrong by the goal line next on Locked On Bears. Long before Eddie Pinheiro missed the potential game-winning field goal as time expired, the Chicago Bears made five trips inside of the Chargers' 20-yard line. It resulted in a touchdown, 
three field goals and a missed field goal there in the first quarter off of the uprights. And I do think if you have to go back and point to the, if you had to say number one reason the Chicago Bears lost to the Chargers, I mean, you can point to a lot of different things, but I have to feel like execution in the red zone and all of the points left on the board on those drives ultimately is what kept the Los Angeles Chargers in this game and allowed the Chargers to come back and win. I mean, of course, the turnovers by Mitchell Trubisky certainly aided that. Some questionable decisions at times by Matt Nagy certainly aided that. And of course, the Bears defense did give you know blow a nine-point lead, which I, I put blame on the defense probably at the bottom of, of the list of blame because they only gave up 17 points. But when you go back over those red zone trips, five trips to the red zone and one touchdown could have been five touchdowns, which 35 points instead of the 16 that you ended up with. I'm no math major, but I believe that's a 19-point swing just based on those red zone trips in a game where the Bears lost by one. Even if Eddie Pinero hits that first field goal could be the difference in the game. But regardless, offensive execution in the red zone, very much the biggest Achilles heel of the Chicago Bears in this game. And much like anything in modern-day offensive football, it's never one thing. It's not, oh, Mitchell Trubisky can't throw, so that's why the Bears couldn't score in the red zone because they did score in the red zone by handing the ball off. There are other ways to score in the red zone, even with poor quarterback play. It's also not purely, oh, Matt Nagy can't call plays in the red zone because, again, they were able to score. They did have some shots at the end zone. They had a lot of poor execution on the plays that they did call in the red zone. So there are there are a lot of different factors in there, but I do think the biggest one that I took away from, I mean, a lot of it, you know, quarterback missing throws is definitely a big issue. And it's not, I don't know what I should put at number one if we're trying to assess blame the most here, but I was disappointed with the predictability of the play calling selection and sometimes just the, the head scratching play calling selection that, you know, I, anecdotally, when the Bears get into the red zone, too often they run that goal line designed rollout where Trubisky snaps it and immediately jets off to his right. There's not even always a play action fake off of it. It's just snap and roll. And when you're in the red zone, you're autom- and, and you call that, you first whenever you call that anywhere, you're automatically taking away half of the field. And Trubisky then only has from about middle of the field to that right sideline to be able to throw the ball to. And when you're in the red zone and, and particularly near the goal line, the, the field that you have to which to throw is already shrunken. I mean, that's what they say. It's, it's easier to defend in that area because there's just less space for the offense to attack. And so when you call that half field rollout right away, you're, you're again shrinking even more of the space that your quarterback has to read and making it so you can pack more defenders in a smaller area because you're just not going to have your quarterback throw completely across the field and across his body in a very dangerous situation like that. And I just feel like that play with the rollout, I think they do different variations of it, but I don't know that I've seen it be particularly successful this season. And they came to it a couple of times in this game, and I think the defense was ready for it both times, although at least one of the times it was the pass interference flag that Allen Robinson drew in the end zone, which I suppose you can count as a win, but it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean the play worked necessarily the way they wanted it to, even though it did sort of have a positive result for the team. So I think at times, predictability and, and questionable play calling can be one of the issues in the red zone. I also think 
early in this game. He certainly got away from running the ball in the red zone. You know, you look at the Bears' first couple of trips down there. On the second drive of the game, which had been their first trip to the red zone, they handed it off to David Montgomery at the 19-yard line and lost two, and then it was pass, pass, missed field goal. Then Kyle Fuller gets the interception, and the Bears get it at the four-yard line, and you have pass, 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 field goal. And then the next time they get to the red zone, the third time, then he hands it off to Tariq Cohen a couple times, incomplete pass. And then on third and nine from the nine-yard line, third and goal, nine yards away from the end zone, Matt Nagy handed it off to Tariq Cohen for two yards. And that, to me, might have been the most head-scratching play call of the entire season. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what they were expecting to happen on that play. To me, that felt like sort of giving up for the field goal, accepting that, yeah, you know what? Nine yards is just too many to try and get, and we're just going to take the field goal because I don't see how, especially in that situation, a handoff to, to Tariq Cohen is going to put you in the end zone. I mean, it's not like you're at the three and you can just punch in for a couple yards. This was going to take a Herculean effort from your explosive running back to be able to get around 11 guys and cross the goal line. So I absolutely cannot find any way, and I haven't been able to go back and watch it on all 22, so you know maybe I'll reserve judgment until then, but I can't find any way to justify that 3-9 play call from goal to go distance. And then you know that final drive in the first half when they got the ball down to the four-yard line, and then on third down it was the defensive pass interference, and they hadn't gotten to the four-yard line because of the horse collar tackle first, so two penalties gave the Bears... Let's see, they they ran a total of nine plays inside of the Chargers 15 and could not punch it in. To me, that's a just a total collective failure, right? I mean, it's not like, I mean, Matt Nagy's calling nine different plays. I mean, I, I can't imagine not any of those plays weren't at least drawn up to be a successful red zone play, but just the execution was not there. You know, there was the batted pass to Adam Shaheen, a run nowhere to David Montgomery, a, a quick screen to Patterson that really didn't go anywhere. You know, the missed throws here and there. And then running the ball with 25 seconds left and no timeouts. And this was a decision that I think initially we all want to kind of get on and say, well, that's not enough time. But at the same time, you also want Matt Nagy to commit to the running game. And the running game had been successful. And they did later get that rushing touchdown in the red zone, right? They were pushing it. And I think he wanted to kind of ride with that. And I also think the Chargers did a good job of delaying the game without getting called for it in terms of really being slow to get up after that play that the Bears don't call that play intending for 24 seconds to get off the clock, but they just couldn't get the ball snapped and clocked with anywhere near enough time and I, I think the Chargers may have gotten away with a little one there and I, I try not I'm, I'm I don't think I'm holding Matt Nagy too much to that being a bad decision because they were one yard away and you should be able to hand the ball off and pick up one yard with David Montgomery in the red zone. They could not do so on that play and ultimately they had to clock it and take the field goal to still take a halftime lead, mind you, and then extend to a sixteen to seven lead on the first drive of the third quarter when they did punch it in running in the red zone. So there was some execution there, but then of course the interception by Mitchell Trubisky followed by the fumble by Mitchell Trubisky and the Chargers are able to take the lead again and ultimately hold on to that lead for the rest of the game. So it's sort of like 
a, a step forward and a few steps back for this Bears offense, right? The running game back on track. The red zone offense eh, needs some work, but at least there's direction, right? There's, there is movement. The Bears aren't still stuck like last week throwing 50 passes and still no running game and still no this and still no that. At least it's different. Right, at least we're we're seeing some sort of progress, even if there's regression in other ways. It's it's moving, it's it's changing, it's developing, it's starting to find a little bit of an identity of being able to run the ball. And if they could get a little bit better quarterback play, maybe a little bit better decisions from their head coach, and maybe even a tiny bit better defense, you know, maybe maybe you start to turn these kind of games into victories instead of losses. And things aren't going to get too much easier next week with a rematch with the Philadelphia Eagles heading into Philadelphia. You can bet we're going to have you all set for that game all week long. Make sure you subscribe to keep up with all of our daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. Hopefully, I'll be over this cold very, very soon so I can sound a little bit better in your ears for these podcasts. I appreciate you sticking it out and, and listening through, and I, I hope it wasn't too off-putting and not too much uh, nasally coming through, but I, I'm fighting through it the best I can, and I appreciate you fighting through what is a, a very difficult stretch of the Chicago Bears season. I hope being able to listen through these podcasts and get a little bit more Bears talk in your day helps make it a little bit easier for you, and at the very least, helps you bear down.